Welcome to our podcast, Pod Me If You Can. I'm David Farrell. And I'm Lloyd Hughes. And today's episode's a bit of a departure from what we've been doing. We've decided to have a discussion about two films that are both coming out in July 2012. Both highly anticipated movies. One of them, The Dark Knight Rises, directed by Christopher Nolan. And the second film we're discussing, The Amazing Spider-Man, directed by Mark Webb. Um, basically, we'll be discussing speculation and spoilers and, and whatever we kind of uh, have gleaned from, so far, the tidbits that have been released. So if you're not interested in having any elements of these films spoiled, uh, we probably suggest you don't listen on to the rest of this podcast. <laughs> but um, if you do, please stay with us. So first of all, Lloyd, we're going to talk about The Amazing Spider-Man. Sure. Which uh, is coming out, as you know, July 2012. And that's what they're calling it? The, the Amazing okay. Spider-Man. And that's like a reboot. Yeah, the, okay. um, the original Spider-Man, just called Spider-Man, I guess. Um, but in the comic books, when they brought in secondary and third yeah. Spider-Man, they called them The Amazing Spider-Man sure. and Spectacular Spider-Man. So they've just taken one of those titles. So it sort of is kind of quite fitting, really, yeah. to yeah. recast Spider-Man and, and reboot the franchise. Um, they've made this film for apparently $220 million. Wow. Which is a big number. This is the first film yeah. of the new trilogy made yep. for $220 million. Well, there's no guarantee it's going to be a trilogy. I think it's... Um, <laughs> okay, see how we go. See how we go. Nice it's thing. still a huge budget. Obviously, there's going to be a visual effects element. There's going to be, you know, a villain, uh, you know, who may or may not look CGI'd. Um, I was just going to mention that initially Spider-Man, the first one with Tobey Maguire, came out in 2002 right just nine short years ago ten years ago from now when the reboot reboot will come out i I wonder what are the rules of reboot the only reboot i can think of that's recent is the incredible hulk one do they ignore the previous film and just come out with a new one because i get confused and i can imagine audiences get confused like you know if we can just touch on incredible hulk for a second yeah yeah. i mean that's at the end of the first one with Eric Banner, and obviously spoilers everybody, but Eric Banner uh, is the Hulk and he kind of runs away or whatever. And then the second one, you've got Edward Norton reprising the role and he's actually on the run yeah. and in hiding. So in that one, he, they've kind of just recast, but sort of the story's continued. Different oh, okay. director, yeah, sure. different style, different sort of everything. And I was under the impression they hated the original. and People they wanted, did. They wanted to refresh that because they felt that a lot of money... They could make a lot of money from this it's franchise. It's a franchise. Yeah, yeah, and obviously yeah. the the Incredible Hulk or the Hulk, they want him to be in the Avengers movies. So now he's been recast again. And Mark Ruffalo is actually playing the Hulk in the Avengers oh, movie. right. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, just to detach for a second, <laughs> I don't think there are any rules with reboots. Um, but what they've done here is they've gone back to high school. Peter Parker, Spider-Man oh, is sort of in high like, school. Um, what's that, su- su- that Superman series? With, with that Smallville. Smallville. Sort of like that? Uh, well, yeah, I guess that's kind of a prequel. Like, um, yeah, okay. they take you back. Right. You know? um, pretty much, they've got him in high school for this one. And it's sort of more about... I mean, he's discovering his powers all over again. He's, he's going to be bitten by a spider who's going to become Spider-Man. They're taking it all the way back to the beginning. Whereas the first one by Sam Raimi they sort of sped past that i felt they gave that enough attention they did yeah Yeah. which what i want to discuss is how it's only well i mean the second one came out in 2004 and the third film out in 2007 so by 2012 it's only been five years after the third film came out do we we need a reboot is my question well the spider-man franchise is worth hundreds of millions of dollars they made a fortune off this so i can see it from a business point of view guys we got to 
redo this some more this is like spider-man you know what i mean um and also i mean just for the toys even oh yeah hasbro or whoever has the rights to toys i don't know who it is it's a multi-million dollar franchise everyone loves spider-man um yeah i don't know the rules are changing in the movie industry when i was watching uh marvel movies in uh like i, I was born in 1983 um when i grew up watching these marvel marvel movies they didn't give it much of a budget or much respect i can't remember for the life of me he directed the old spider-man movies but literally when he cast a web it was rope <laughs> and the costume was so gimmicky um the, it was just hurtful budgets if you remember the incredible hulk, hulk series i think um with lou ferrigno yeah yeah um you can see it was just a big muscly guy painted on green yep. you know um up until i think it was spider-man really or x-men that showcased there is a lot of money to be made from this marvel um superheroes and comic books now are getting the utmost respect they're getting top of the line directors they're getting the best cast in the world to play these roles they're getting all the best uh, special effects artists the world of hollywood and all its tools is available to the director um so it's a multi-million dollar franchise for them to reboot Spider-Man this quickly, that to me is a complete change of the rules. Normally, you wait a long time yep. before you uh, what do you, reboot. Is it reboot? Or, yeah, it's, um, it's a reboot. Remakes? I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's almost a remake. I mean, it's the same story, but you're not getting a Mary Jane character this time. You're getting a Gwen Stacy, mm. and you're just changing the villain, changing the cast. But we're going to see the same things happen. So his Uncle Ben will still be murdered, and he'll still realize with great power comes great responsibility. And for me... It's a story that's been told for my generation, but that's what they're doing is they're rebooting for the next generation. There's people who were kids, you know, like 10 years ago who haven't seen the first one or second one, even third one, and lucky if they haven't seen the third one. <laughs> but um, basically, I think this is a reboot for the next generation. And they say that they're inspired by Batman Begins. How quickly that was a turnaround from Batman and Robin? No, right? I think the inspiration comes with how realistic it is and how it's more of a gritty reboot. Okay, and that's what they're saying they're going to do. I think they're just saying that they've drawn inspiration from sure, that okay. while, when making this one. Well, I know they got a budget 220. Um, who are the stars, these directors? What are their backstories like? What, what are their backgrounds like? All right, well, we've just talked about how um, they basically recast Spider-Man. Um We've got Andrew Garfield, who uh, is probably most famous from being in the social network as the friend the Eduardo. Friend? Yeah. Okay. Um, the friend of, uh, what's his name, Zuckerberg, yeah. um, basically. And uh, he's also been sort of a standout in Never Let Me Go. He was uh, opposite Kerry Mulligan and Kiera Knightley. So know. he did have starring roles prior? Yeah, that's sort of a starring role. Okay. He sort of shared with two other people. Um, but also he was um, opposite Heath Ledger in his final film, Imaginarium of Dr. Parnassus. And uh, he's sort of on the rise as well, um, Andrew Garfield. Um, so he's he's hidden up the lead role. Emma Stone, who we've talked about a little bit, she's from Superbad. She's from Easy A. She's um, basically her star's big on the rise. Crazy Stupid Love with Ryan Gosling. And, and um, they've got Martin Sheen as Uncle Ben. Wow. Yeah. Obviously, he's not going to be in it that long if, <laughs> if he's going to die in great power, great responsibility. This is, oh, that's a big risk. $220 million and you got this kid. I can't recall. Well, they probably did the similar thing with the first Spider-Man. Yeah, I was going yeah. to say Tobey Maguire, like the, although he'd had some interesting roles, Spider-Man sort of was more of a peak for him. Yeah. Did you enjoy him as Spider-Man? Uh I wasn't a big fan of the Spider-Man trilogy, but yeah, he played Peter Parker pretty well. I, I, always, guess, yeah. I always thought he sort of looked 
like um, confused, like his eyes were wide and oh, yeah. not, not as expressive. Whereas from what I've seen, Andrew Garfield looks like he's going to do a better job. And it would have been great if he was around sort of 10, 12 years ago, whenever when they were casting. Yeah, yeah. To be a Peter Parker initially, because I think he also has the look. Whereas Tobey Maguire sort of looked like a man-child at times. Yeah, no, right? yeah, I can see that. <laughs> yeah, whereas, I mean, I believe that Andrew Garfield is in high school. Sure. Sort of thing, even though I'm, he probably isn't. He's probably 20-something and, you know. Who's at the helm? Who's the director? What's his backstory? All right, well, the director is Mark Webb, who, I mean, I think it's actually really interesting what he's done, which is not much. Okay. All right, he did a music video for Green Day. This is according to IMDb. He's done a music video for Three Doors Down. He's done a music video for Jesse McCartney. I'm hearing this right, right? Music videos? Okay. <laughs> yep. uh, that's maybe the kind of film we're in for. He's done a short, and he's done the movie 500 Days of Summer. Oh, okay, Which sure. was obviously his calling card. This yeah. is a big film. It did really well. Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Zoe Deschanel. I really enjoyed 500 Days of Summer. Um, he's also directed two TV episodes, one of The Office and one of Lone Star, and that's it. Now he's in a $220 million film wow. situation. Well, a lot of great directors transition well from the music video realm, e.g. David Fincher, uh, Michelle Gondry, um, Spike Jones, yep. and a lot of bad directors transition out of um, music, music videos. McGee, the big one. Whoa. Oh, that's It's a big risk. 500 Days of Summer really showed a lot of talent. Uh, I've seen most of it. <laughs> Sorry. Um <laughs> Uh, he's got, definitely got the drama down. Will he respect the action? Will he respect the genre of Spider-Man? The thing about Sam Raimi, he is excellent. Like people, uh, I know a lot of people weren't a big fan of the Spider-Man trilogy, and I was probably, you know, I'm probably in the same boat. He is actually very, very good. If anyone's seen the Evil Dead trilogy, he handled the low budget really well. He utilized Bruce Campbell. He knew what he had when he had that. His um, production of the series Xena and Hercules was phenomenal. He is excellent. Um, he's so underrated. And he knew what he was doing when he approached it. He respected the genre a lot. Can this director pull it off? Um, with that little example of his filmography, there's no Evil Dead in there. I can just tell from the music videos. He's got a big budget. i got to ask, who's writing the screenplay? <laughs> I'm not sure, mate. Okay. <laughs> um, I was going to say, basically, for me, this film feels really by the numbers. Yeah. No, I mean, that's a good way to say it. If, yeah. if, we've, um, if we've seen the Spider-Man story before, you substitute Mary Jane for Gwen Stacy, who's like a big comic book... Uh, uh, what's it called character for Spider-Man there's a big storyline where they spoilers kill Gwen Stacy um, the Green Goblin kills the, the character but Emma Stone's mentioned she's been signed on to multiple movies and Sony have already announced that they're doing a second one in two, for 2014 Wow. two years later and so it, all they need is for this film to make back its money and a little more <laughs> yeah, and yeah. we've got a sequel they've already signed on the cast they probably signed them all for three films I want to say um you know that having spider-man big oh well not big name stars but you know pretty solid budget and everything like that i want to say it's a sure thing but golden compass you know that came out that had everything behind it big stars everything they were going to make a trilogy out of it where's it gone no one even knows about it you go oh nicole kidman was in that and daniel craig who <laughs> daniel is bond craig, incredible hulk was that a big success the the one with um uh, Edward Norton, uh, you it was know, probably an improvement. It, it was, was probably more action sure, than it yeah. was. Um, there was more of a dramatic element to Ang Lee's one. But um, I was going to say, for me, this film is all about the villain. That's what it's going to hinge okay, on, right? And Risa Fan, you familiar with Risa Fan? No. Have you seen Danny Deck Chair? No. 
Okay. Um, maybe we'll just Google Risa Farm and I'll show you later. But, <laughs> uh, okay, have you seen Notting Hill? Oh, uh, yes, I have seen Notting he's Hill. He's the, the housemate who lives with uh, Hugh Grant. Oh, okay, the comedic. Yeah, he's kind of lanky, sure. albino looking kind of. Oh, can he pull off a villain role? What? I'm just picturing a friendly guy who tries to pull off jokes. <laughs> I, guess, I guess maybe if you've seen him in some stuff where he's more dramatic, it, it's pretty good. But um, he's playing the lizard. So at some stage, he's going to lose an arm, which is the comic book story. That is a great, tragic villain. Mm. Um, I hope he can pull it off. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm wondering how CGI he's going to be. Whether or not they're going to completely remove him from the film and have like his voice... Like talking. a golem sort of thing. Yeah. I see. Well, yeah. they did that to William Defoe, and I'm pretty sure he was behind the mask. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I think for me, this this movie will hinge on the villain. I don't doubt that the director will do a competent enough job. How hard can it be? You've got three Spider-Man films to reference. If the you want to borrow shots, itself, yeah. you know the the story we already know about. We um we're replacing substitute Mary Jane for Gwen Stacy. Not a big deal. For me, whether or not the villain is good is going to determine whether That's or not a good point. this is successful. It's all about the villain for this, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so um, Amazing Spider-Man, are you looking forward to it? Uh, I was a big fan of Spider-Man when I was growing up, um, and I watched 1, 2, and 3. By the third one, I was just so exhausted. I wasn't a big fan of um, of Sam Raimi's Spider-Man, and I love Sam Raimi. I just said how much respect I have for him. But the movie's made a lot of money. Obviously, audiences loved it. Um Am I looking forward to the reboot? Yeah, sure. I'd love to see... I loved seeing big budgets and seeing what they do with it. Although I haven't seen uh, Transformers 2 and 3. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, I, I, I actually can't wait. I, I, I want to see where they're going to take this. I'm intrigued. Yeah. Well, I think um, possibly the third one, you know, was the real killer of the franchise. <laughs> Um, with... I didn't mind the Sandman character, but Venom. Yeah, too oh much. God, it, it was like way the... too much. They, they were crammed tacking it. On, yeah. Tacking on an ending, you know, um, another ending, another villain, you know, too much. And I do approve of the um, scaled back kind of one villain storyline, but um, we'll see. Yeah. Because for me, audiences love it. That that franchise made a fortune, and I, it, it's quite possible that this one will do the same. It's probably very smart that Sony's doing this. Yeah. Well, speaking of making a fortune. Um, we'll talk about Christopher Nolan's film The Dark Knight which is wow. also yeah. coming out in July 2012 this one's got a budget of $250 million right considering the second film made over a billion dollars The Dark Knight over a billion dollars and got Heath Ledger an Oscar which was a phenomenal performance oh as my the Joker. god yeah. I mean we don't have to talk it up Australia's it's pride <laughs> <laughs> it's been done to death but Christopher Nolan's becoming everybody's favourite director I mean he's done Memento which I'm a huge fan of Inception. He's done this Batman series. I know you enjoyed Insomnia. Yep. Um, what do you think of the Batman films? Um, for I'll I'll backtrack back where Batman. What happened with Batman? Um, Tim Burton's Batman, nineteen eighty nine, took it to a darker edge. It took really a lot of Frank Miller's uh, the comic books he was writing in the eighties and really turned it like from the camp Batman that you saw with Adam West, which wasn't I guess a bad thing, mm, but it was very camp. Though. It was very camp. I mean, it, yeah, probably fit the time period. But more, here but... we have this movie that is so dark. People die. Batman is insane. He beats people up. You know, he destroys people. His villains are crazy. He is so raw and savage. Um, and made a lot of money, huge amount of money. Um, and what the elements that he used was big budgets, great, great actors. Jack Nicholson, top of the line. Michael Keaton, an underrated performance. We'll get into our favorite <laughs> Um 
uh, and he took those elements and made it wow like Batman really is the template for comic book movies and there wasn't much um, in the 90s I guess that came out um, since then really they just used Batman over and over again but after Batman um, Returns which I thought was an underrated movie um, it came um, to um, what's the director's name of Tigerland Joel Schumacher yeah, Joel he Schumacher. took an underarms and sort of used Tim Burton's elements and also utilized Adam West elements and killed it absolutely destroyed it like we could oh the bat card Arnold Schwarzenegger as I, I, I like Arnold Schwarzenegger he, could, he probably could have done a great um, a great thing with Mr. Freeze he's one of the most tragic characters in all of Batman they're all tragic all of Batman and Two-Face a great actor they got for that Tommy Lee Jones but yep. the direction was so camp what was your reaction to that film disgust same <laughs> the bat card oh my god well I mean I also found Robin and uh, Batgirl and uh, <laughs> the fact that they had Jim Carrey playing the Riddler and he was great Jim Carrey can act mm. there's nothing all those actors are top of the line it really came down to the director and they came, became two dimensional oh, though yeah. and you know I mean it would have been amazing to see an amazing role uh, of Two-Face, which obviously Aaron Eckhart got to do in The Dark Knight. And here comes in... Uh, when did Batman, the first one? The um, the F Batman Begins, when did that come out? 2000? Oh, a few years ago. Yeah, yeah. 2008, I Here think. comes this British director, up-and-coming, young, smart. He gets the... Uh, um, it's handed down to him to direct the next Batman. No mucking around. British cast. Yep. Big budget. He is such a phenomenal talent. I think Insomnia for me was like, wow, this this guy's going places. He treated Batman with so much respect. Everything grounded in reality. It was amazing. So adults can come into it and not see over-the-top, crazy, superficial action sequences. Like, Batman is an action movie, but it's grounded. So like, um, getting that brilliant um, actor, the Welsh guy... Um, Christian Bale. Christian Bale, um, yeah. It's actually English, I guess. Uh, that's debated, hotly contested issue of his origin. <laughs> uh, he gets hurt, um, you know, and so forth. It, it, it's not so superficial like most of the action genre. This, he's not invincible. He's not invincible, and that's what people like about Batman. But Christopher Nolan, what he brought to the table was this amazing, amazing talent of direction. He grounded everything in reality. Mm -hmm. He treated every character with respect. Um, the main villain in Batman Begins escapes me. Not Ra's al Ghul, but um, uh, even uh, the Scarecrow. Yeah. Um, I, I just felt like, yeah, that was so practical. This guy who, who sprays chemicals and, gives, yeah. and he wears that this, this mask that he stitched. You know, just those little examples. And what he did, well, really Heath Ledger's... Um, Joker. Yeah, you, a, a huge component of it. But what, how he treated the Joker was amazing. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I, I feel like wrong. <laughs> I feel like Christopher Nolan's talent sort of popped up as early as Memento, though. Yes, and yes. I feel like Guy Pearce is crazy underrated. Oh my gosh, where is he? Why doesn't he team up with Nolan again under that guy's direction? He can yeah. do amazing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're, you're right. It's an yeah, amazing film, and yeah. like to just have it all backwards, you've got to know how it begins and to have an ending at the beginning and everything yeah. like that. Um, well, I guess we should get straight into it. Yep. Let's talk about the people who've portrayed Batman. Okay, who's the best? We got Adam West, we got Michael Keaton, Val Kilmer, George Clooney, and now Christian Bale. Um, a lot of people are going to hate it when I say this, but Michael Keaton for me. Um, uh, the performance of Batman is all behind the eyes. Um, he's a very, you know, mysterious or very hurt, like his parents were killed, and it's all internalized, um, his feelings. And Michael Keaton, there's that scene in the first Batman 
where the um the Joker throws this like um this uh a feather pen right into the throat of one of the bad guys yeah. and he dies. And Michael Keaton realizes that this is the guy Jack Napier who killed his parents and he's so stuck in a trance looking at him. And and the goons open up just firing just warning shots to, yep. so everyone gets down. He yep. doesn't move. He's so locked in a trance and he stares at him as Jack um Jack Nicholson gets in the car and he waves at him and he's so stuck he even gets shot in the shoulder I think a ricochet hits him in the shoulder and um, the girl Kim Basinger runs up to him and goes Bruce are you okay Bruce and he looks at her going who are you like as if like this what reality is this I'm this is the guy who just killed my parents and he walks away. Mm. Wow, that is such an amazing scene and it bespeaks so much of Batman. I think, hands down, Michael Keaton deserves all the praise in the world for bringing that to that performance, that internalised sort of action. Um, Val Kilmer, I think he would have been great as well, but he's under the direction of Joel Schumacher. George Clooney probably could have done a good job. I think George Clooney said he killed Batman. Mm. Um, under the direction of Joel Schumacher, what can he do? He wants to go in that camp, sort of Adam West direction. And yeah. Adam West too, I guess, wasn't so bad. If that's what they're going for, fine. But I feel like Val Kilmer, all you hear about is the reports of how difficult he is to work oh, with. Yeah, and he's a great actor too. Yeah. He's a great, great actor. Yep. Um, yeah, Alexander he was particularly good oh he's fantastic as Philip yeah King Philip um, I was going to say George Clooney seems really relaxed <laughs> too, too, <laughs> too relaxed, polished too suave, yeah, suave. Too, too sort of well I mean I, I guess not good looking but too sort of uh, out of takes you out of it you know um, you don't feel like you're watching Batman do you think under a different director though maybe um, his his best friend uh, oh jeez I forget his name Skidopolis um, uh, Soderbergh. Soderbergh. Soderbergh do you reckon like, I don't know I've seen I've seen um, uh, George Clooney being pulled through the mud sometimes do you think I, I don't know um as Batman, he's wearing the mask so often. Yeah. He's only got a small period he, of time. He is suave, and you just want to punch him in his rich face. <laughs> yeah. Well, for me, just to get it on record, yep. I'm a big fan of Christian Bale. Sure. Um, just so we can finish on this point, I feel like, though maybe I'm in it right now, and that's why I'm such a fan, I'm, I'm anticipating this new film so much, there's only going to be three of them, I feel like this last one will really solidify it for me, and that we're seeing sort of the evolution of Batman. Sure. You know, from the first film, seeing how he gets everything to the second film where we see how you know he he can turn his neck and and things like that the improvements and the evolution i feel like by the third one it's all going to have come together he'll have done the most batman films of any actor who's portrayed batman you know and i think he'll have uh, surpassed them i can't get past the voice no? and i know a lot of people um uh, get into it like i think he's a great actor with so much talent i thought the voice that tool uh there was a point in the cinema where he's got the joker hanging down and um, he says something to the Joker says something and then he replies back I think he says a padded cell for life Um, in fact heaps of people put it up on YouTube but the whole audience when I was in the cinema laughed and I laughed as well and it was because no one could understand (laughs) what he was saying but uh, he is physically phenomenal Um, absolutely beautiful like great tough body like Batman you'd assume Batman was was Michael Keaton he was criticised for not having that physical attributes yeah um, and he's a great actor he's capable of so much he's got such a huge range he's so intense as mm. well the voice was a bad idea I, I don't know Batman's 
armed up to the teeth. He comes out at night. He grabs people. You know, he just like when Michael Keaton grabs someone, he goes, "I'm Batman," and throws him away. He just says it. Yeah. Whereas um, uh, Christian Bale's got to go. Oh, you know that that voice. <laughs> I guess you, just to touch on that, you could you could sort of think that he's disguising his voice. Yeah. So it doesn't sound yeah. like how he used. to I understand sound. that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah there's yeah. a realistic element to it. People won't go, "Hey, aren't you Bruce Wayne?" You know. <laughs> um. So obviously, Batman survived a kind of reboot because they recast the character of Rachel. You had Katie Holmes in the oh, first one. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. What, what's the story behind that? Maggie what? Gyllenhaal in the second one. She oh, was great as um uh, as a character. What's her name? She's Rachel. married to Tom Cruise. Um, oh, Katie Holmes. Katie Holmes. She was fantastic. I yeah. thought she was great. What? Why did they get rid of her? Yeah, she did a good job. But I mean, they brought in Maggie Gyllenhaal. She did a great job as well. But especially with like it's such a disruptive material. Yeah, it's such a disruption for audiences um, to go. Okay, all right, she's uh, but she's playing it. We accept it. You know. Yeah, what I mean? exactly. So, is there a story behind why she didn't come onto the second I'm one? I'm sure like, there is. I feel like two hundred million Batman. You jump on yeah. that. <laughs> Obviously, everyone else would want her to be in it. You'd want kind of that consistency. There I must mean, be a tough reason. I reckon Tom Cruise probably would have went you something know behind the scenes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's probably it. Or I mean, as simple as scheduling conflicts. Sure. If she was doing something else, or she was having a baby or something. Sure. Oh, yeah, she yeah. only had the one. She's only got the one baby. And she already had it before. Dark I'm pretty sure. Oh, okay, sure. Yeah. Yep. Um, anyway, uh, so basically, without the Rachel character, how she's been killed off in the second one, there is no real love interest. No open, like, we don't know many plot details about this film. And part of that, like, the mystery, I mean, like you say, what we can imagine is going to be better than reality. Oh, yeah. So everybody's mind goes, you know, a million miles a minute, whereas The Amazing Spider-Man, we know everything. Yeah. We can, by the numbers, we can paint exactly what's going to happen but with batman we're saying is he going to get together with catwoman is this happening is this happening let's touch on catwoman could she be the love interest uh she definitely is in the comic book um she is huge in the comic book she even is in batman returns yeah that's great played by michelle five oh she was fantastic oh my gosh Anne hathaway i'm not familiar too much with her work i've seen her in devil wears prada beautiful woman um can she pull off catwoman you know, I was saying the same thing with Heath Ledger getting the role of the Joker. I was like, yeah. there's no way he can pull that off. He's, they've got Christopher Nolan. Yep. She is going to do amazing, I think. Just under the, If he decided, they went, oh, Anna Hathaway, what do you think of her? And if he said, yeah, she's the Joker, I think it's going to be amazing. She's Christopher, the Joker? Yeah, that'd um, be a good twist. <laughs> I think under this this Christopher Nolan, this director, he's got so much talent. I don't think he can go wrong. I, I, I think it's going to be great. He's proved himself with The Dark Knight. It's... Well, it's interesting, Anne Hathaway was supposed to play Felicia Hardy in If There Was Going to Be a Fourth Spider-Man Film by Sam Raimi. And Felicia Hardy is the black cat. So it would have been a really similar kind of skin-tight, you know, suit and villainess, I guess, you know, character. Um, So she's kind of substituted one for the other. And and that's really interesting that she's gone from Spider-Man franchise to Batman franchise. Mm. I feel like Anne Hathaway, though I think she's talented and... um, could really pull off this role i feel like the thing she has to play down is how to sort of smug she looks she always seems very happy very bubbly and i don't think that will play for catwoman i think catwoman needs to be more disturbed yeah catwoman's a very lower class girl like from the comics and Mm -hmm. she obviously she's into crime because you know she steals and hopes to get a better life and you're right um anne hathaway seems more of an upper class (laughs) girl definitely uh, I can see that, but with Nolan at the helm, uh, I think he'll um, tighten all those nuts and bolts. <laughs> well, that's that's the hope. Yeah, yeah. Um, there is another female character who could very easily be 
a love interest, um, which is somebody being played by Marion Cotillard, who was in Inception. She's fantastic. And that's another Nolan film. Is Oh my yeah. gosh, Inception was brilliant. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. She is great. She is fantastic. There's an interesting thing happening where there's an actor named Josh Pence who's playing a young Ra's al Ghul, right? Which was the character Liam Neeson played in the first film. So there's a younger version. I, uh, Liam Neeson didn't play Ra's al Ghul. It was the Asian guy from Last Samurai. No, the, he played Ra's al Ghul at the beginning and that was just a cover because Liam Neeson was, was really Ra's al Ghul. Yes, you're right. you're right. It's may have been a while. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I um, haven't seen a long time. <laughs> well, anyway, Josh Pence plays a young Ra's al Ghul and Liam Neeson is back. He signed on for the film, possibly to do some flashbacks. There's also speculation oh, that right. that he's not dead, that he got out of that train before it smashed into that wall in Batman Begins. And there's also speculation that Marion Cotillard could be playing his daughter, who's going to get close to Bruce Wayne. Wow. And obviously knows who Batman is. That then. sounds fantastic. And so if she's the love interest, it could be this amazing kind of... Twist. I love that character, Ra's al Ghul's daughter. In fact, um, the new video game that came out, Arkham City, uh, which is huge for the Batman franchise. I'm yeah. sure Nolan would have um, looked into it. Um, they, she's a central point in that game. And if they revive her, oh, what a smart decision. Yeah. What a smart decision. So you know the character. Could she play it? Yes. Cotillard is one of the most one of the greatest upcoming actresses at this moment. I think she's going to be great. She fantastic. actually has an Oscar. So. Really? Yeah, best actress. <laughs> wow. She has beautiful eyes. Like, it's all... Her eyes just tell the, tell the whole story. She's great. She was savage in Inception as well as tragic. You know, she's great. And she's also great in a French film called Love Me If You Dare. I heard about that. I haven't seen that film. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. quite good. Well, if people want to hear us review that and hear yeah, your opinions of it for the first time, yeah. <laughs> all right, so again the villain is going to be key. So we've got uh, the Lizard in um, Amazing Spider-Man. Bane is going to obviously be a huge part of whether or not... Um, They're using Bane in this one? Bane's the, the <sighs> big... Well, seemingly the big villain based off the trailer and stuff, the teaser trailer. Um, oh, what I, th I think he's too ugly of a character. How can they pull it off? Oh. All right, well, first of all, what did you think of Bane in Batman and Robin? Oh, it was awful. In <laughs> fact, that's the only thing I can think of now um, is that movie. Like, you say Bane, I'm just thinking of Uma Thurman and the big dude. Uma Thurman, by the way, no discredit to her. She's a great, great actress. Terrible, terrible movie. Um, <laughs> uh, Bane, I don't know. Can they pull that off? Really, Bane? Well, Bane is like a mindless kind of follower yeah, yeah. In, in the um, Batman and Robin oh, but series. But it's so ugly. It's like this big over-steroid yep. guy. Yep. What's Nolan looks ridiculous. Do yeah, yeah. Well, Tom Hardy, who's in Warrior, uh, he was in Bronson. He was in Inception as the kind of smart British guy who um, was one of the, the buddies. He's um, also going to be in the upcoming Mad Max, apparently, reboot. Um, though, I mean, I can't confirm that. Um, basically, he'll be playing Bane. And in the trailer, in the teaser trailer, he's this massive force kind of just kind of bouncing towards him. They've released these photos where he looks really convincing. And it's the kind of thing where when you see the picture of Heath Ledger, you go, oh, wow, he's the Joker, you know, kind of thing. It's a similar sort of thing. Bane is probably going to steal this film. And it's going to annoy the hell out of Christian Bale because... He had the first film. Heath Ledger steals the second film. Tom Hardy's going to steal the third film. Do you think there film. was tension between him and Heath Ledger on the second one? I don't think at the time. I don't think they realised how amazing it was going to all turn out, right? But then afterwards, all anybody wanted to talk about because Heath Ledger died. He did steal the show. Like, yeah, oh, there's no, no denying. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, but he was sort of trying to match his intensity. But for a character like the Joker, you've got all the best lines. You've got all the best, yeah. your no, best that's, visual. That's very well said. No, that's a great point. And you're saying Bane... 
which is played by Tom Hardy, he's yep. going to steal the show, run away with it. I feel it. like he is, yeah. Wow, okay, interesting. I was reading on uh, the incredibly reliable wikipedia.com <laughs> about um, basically from the comic books, a storyline with Bane and how um, basically Bane, aware that a direct assault on Batman would be foolish, he instead destroys the walls of Arkham Asylum, allowing its deranged inmates, the Joker, Two-Face, Riddler, the Scarecrow and several others to escape into Gotham City and then Batman has to spend the next three months rounding up the escapees and having run himself into exhaustion in the process Batman returns to Wayne Manor after completing this mission where Bane ambushes him at this point in time Bane knows that Bruce Wayne is Batman Sure. Bane attacks Batman in the Batcave defeats him and delivers the final blow breaking Batman's back leaving him a paraplegic and at this point in the comic books, Azrael takes over the Batman oh, I helm. See, right. And so Bane has this huge kind of comic book element. And I feel like if they sort of tap into that, Bane's very kind of unstoppable. Yeah. You know, like they could kill uh, Commissioner Gordon. They could yeah. kill, you know, a bunch of sort of people uh, in this film. It's the final one in the series. Yeah. You know, everyone's expendable. I think Batman's expendable. Wow. Okay. They could make it a tragedy at the end and open it up for a new I actually, I actually feel like it's not going to be a tragedy that it'll be very uplifting that Batman will defeat Bane the only sort of huge villain left in the universe you know in the DC universe that they've built Joker in theory is behind bars you know they've got to wrap it up with Scarecrow if Marion Cotillard is a bad guy they've got to wrap that up they've got to close all the loose ends everyone's got to be defeated and then I feel like he can die and go out on top I you know? feel they're going to push the Catwoman thing and the Bane is just going to be a villain, the obstacle they get over, and then this is the romance that they're going to rekindle. <laughs> I'm very interested to see how they turn him into Bane, if you like Yeah, that. if they're yeah. going to go with that ugly sort of look from... Well, yeah, I mean, it's sort of been a little bit hidden. There's been some, some pictures of the two of them fighting, but I'm very interested to see how he turns from a man to this monster. That's very interesting with Bane. Um, such an ugly ugly villain I'm curious to see them pulling it off under Nolan's direction Mm. Um, wow that's a big shock to me (laughs) I feel like yeah basically to conclude I think Batman could die sure I feel like um, the British like uh, know how to end a a series or a franchise Mm. you know they know when a good thing is is good they can end it Um, they can conclude things you know Americans don't (laughs) all there needs to be yeah all all there needs to be is a glimmer of hope that he could have survived for them to want to reboot the franchise or anything again but I feel like it's going to be a long time like more than 10 years before they want to build it up again to cast someone else as Batman so this is it Nolan said just the third one and And Christian Bale said he won't reprise the role of Batman either so that's it for both of them and that's it for the for the series they want to do three the two best heads of it wow okay well even if it turns out bad they've still got Batman Begins and Dark Knight which were fantastic and as you said they were like the biggest money makers some of the biggest money makers of all time wow yeah well to conclude which one are you looking forward to more uh Batman definitely (laughs) I I feel like heads down it's impossible for people not to want to I mean it's going to make more than a billion dollars again it's going to um you know there's so much of it that's been hidden uh Christopher Nolan said to people verbally the ending of the film because he doesn't want it written down he doesn't want people to know which is again what leads me to think that there's a big secret at the end or a big final twist i can't wait that's going to be fantastic i was so looking forward to the dark knight as well and um i love that and i think um 
I think all this uh, anticipation is going to pay off. I think it's going to be a great film. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, we hope you've enjoyed this discussion about The Amazing Spider-Man and uh, The Dark Knight Rises. We've certainly enjoyed having it. Our uh, next podcast will be about the Kevin Smith film Red State. But um, don't forget to subscribe on um, iTunes. You'll get uh, all of us whenever you hit refresh. They'll automatically download and uh, become a fan on Facebook. When we'd love it if you'd suggest a film on Facebook, something that uh, you'd enjoy us talking about or you'd enjoy reviewed. And uh, thank you very much for listening. Thanks, guys. All the best. <laughs>